Get ready. Hello and welcome to College Talk. My name is Beth Brandon and I am your host. Um, welcome to another week. And before we get started, I am excited uh to start this week's episode off with a few announcements. The first being, this will be the first episode that you're going to hear in a mini series of episodes all about grad school. Um, We're going to start out with uh, master's in counseling, school counseling right now to be specific. And then we're going to talk about um, just some other interviews I've got lined up. We've got a master's in public health. We have uh, med school, Uh, Someone from U of M is going to be talking to us about that. I'm currently working on getting in contact with someone who can talk to me about law school. Um, And I would love to cover some other grad school topics. I can talk about my experience and and some other folks' experiences. I'll pull them in as well with higher ed if that's something people are interested in. Um, But if there are other aspects of grad school that you really want to know about, please let me know and I will try and find someone, somewhere that I can talk to about that realm of grad school. Um, My hope is after doing all of these interviews, we can do sort of a final wrap-up episode, probably a mini-sode, maybe like last last uh last one maybe 15 12 minutes um where we just talk about all the general things that you should prep before you plan on applying to grad school regardless of the concentration second announcement you're going to be able to find even more resources about grad school and applying to undergrad and all these other things at our brand spanking new website that's right college talk now has a website here is the url it's podcastcollegetalk.weebly.com. You're going to see that link right on down uh, below in the description. And everything else that was in the description, the Google folder link, all that fun stuff, will be right there on the website. You can email me from the website with a comment form. Um, you can connect directly to the, all the podcasts, whether it's on CastBox or Spotify or uh, Apple iTunes. All of that fun stuff will be right there in one home location. Um, We're also going to start a blog and I'm going to have guest bloggers write pieces about different things they feel are important, either in higher education access. Um, It could be about grad school. It could be about finding internships or applying to jobs after college. We're going to expand our horizons here. Um, And and I'm really, really super excited um, to to do that. Uh, My third and probably the most important announcement is that your FAFSA is due on March 1st. That's like two weeks and some change away, okay? If you haven't submitted your FAFSA and you live in Michigan, that's a big uh uh-oh. You need to make sure if you don't live in Michigan that you're checking what your state-specific deadline is. There's a bunch of funding for college, free funding, um, and loan and, and state and all that other stuff, funding that can go right out the window with zero second chances if you and Michigan don't get your FAFSA in by March 1st. In other states, it's going to have to be by your deadline. Um, you can still get Pell Grant if you apply afterwards, but please, 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 please do not miss out on excellent opportunities to help you go to college, but not use as much in terms of loans um, just because you're not applying for this. So your FAFSA is due March 1st. Please do your FAFSA by March 1st. Email me. I will help you. 
I promise, but just get it done. Also, if you do enjoy listening to this podcast, please make sure that you uh, rate and comment and, and, and subscribe even if you want to um, on whatever you're listening to this from. When you rate us or uh, leave us a comment, it helps us get found by other folks. Um, just, you know, all that weird algorithm stuff. So please, please, please give us a rating, drop us a comment. It can be like... I really like your NPR announcer voice. Or it can be like, hey, can you do this topic, please? I want to hear all that stuff. Um, and, and like I said, it just helps more people find us later. Thanks for helping to spread the word. Without further ado, here's your episode. Hey, I'm here with Stephanie Domsic. And Stephanie, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let you introduce uh, the program you're in and where you are attending grad school. Hey everyone, like Beth said, my name's Stephanie. Um, currently, I am a graduate student at Western Michigan University. Um, I am studying in their school counseling program. Um, so after I graduate, I will be able to get my license as a Michigan school counselor. Um, and then at which point I can work in any K through 12 school um, in their counseling office. So I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, I think that kind of sums the program, what I'm doing. Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> it is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I was like, I didn't know if I needed to add anything else in there. <laughs> nope. You're all good. Okay. Let me, why am I, long? I'm going to cut all this out. Don't worry. <laughs> a doop, a doop, a doop, doop, doop. Okay, here we go. So, Stephanie, um, Western Michigan University, that is on, like, the exact opposite side of the state where you grew up and where you went to undergrad. Can you talk a little bit about what that process was like moving away from kind of everything you're familiar with, not necessarily out of state, but still a long distance away from from where you are? So what was it kind of like moving away? Yeah, so... um... Western Michigan, for those of you who don't know, it's located in Kalamazoo, kind of closer to Lake Michigan compared to Metro Detroit, um, which is where I grew up, and that's closer to the east side of Michigan. Um, So I lived my whole life in Metro Detroit, um, lived with both of my parents in our single-family home, very traditional. Um, when it came time for me to go to college and undergrad, I chose to attend Oakland University, which is in Rochester Hills, also part of Metro Detroit. Um, so I don't want to say it was like the non-traditional because commuting is super traditional yeah. um, for college standards. Um, but I definitely, I didn't live on campus. I um, All through my undergrad, I continued to live at home with my parents and commuted to Oakland because it was only about like a 30 to 20 minute drive Mm. from my house. Mm -hmm. Um, So starting college was like a bit of a different experience for me. Um, Of course, it felt different because I was going to college classes and attending a different school and, um, you know, having that college schedule um, compared to high school. But in a lot of ways, it was the same. I would still return home to my parents' house every night. Um, 
my family was very big on like uh, sitting down to dinner all at the same time and having dinner together. So that was like the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed like my college experience. Um, in hindsight, it allowed me to save money, mm-hmm. um, it, which then helped me afford to come to Western because um, <laughs> I didn't have student loans and I could save that money I was making from my part-time jobs while living at home with my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty awesome. And then moving forward a little bit after I graduated, I continued to live at home uh, for my parents while I started a full-time job. And I did that for two years, and then it was time for me to go to grad school. And so deciding to go to Western specifically, um, when I was nearing time to graduate from my undergrad, I started researching grad programs um, and trying to figure out where I wanted to go. And I was very adamant that I wouldn't go to Oakland because I really wanted a different school and a new place and a new experience. Mm -hmm. Oakland does also have a very good school counseling program um in michigan like there's a few schools that have school counseling programs i would say oakland is probably up there pretty high and so is western Mm -hmm. um but i searched around um in the counseling field our accrediting body that like accredits programs for education of counselors Mm -hmm. and licensing and all that um I used their resources to find which schools in Michigan have accredited programs um, and then chose out of that list. So that narrowed it down a lot for me. And then out of that, I looked and see, okay, which school did I want to go to? And I picked Western mostly because one, it was kind of, it's a three hour drive from my hometown. Um, So it checked the box of being somewhere new. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and being outside of my parents' home. And two, it also checked the box as a really good program. Um, and what I like about Western's program is it has a lot of diversity in the types of counseling you can do. So, like, I do specifically school counseling, mm-hmm. but they also have a college counseling program. Mm-hmm. They have a rehabilitation program. Um, they have family um, counseling um addictions counseling so like all the different types of counseling you can like go into Mm -hmm. um and at the time when I was trying to figure out where I would go I wasn't exactly 100% sure on what type of counseling I would go into so I was like well pick the program that has the most options yeah it gives you some Um, flexibility yeah so I picked western for those were my two main reasons um and instead of going right from undergrad to grad school I ended up getting a job instead which again was also a great opportunity because it allowed me for professional development. I made a lot of good friends through that program and like a lot of um, professional connections Mm -hmm. that helped me get to where I am now. Um, I also, again, lived at home, so I was saving all of my income, which then helped me um, afford coming to Western without taking out student loans Mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. So... After my two years of working, I was like, great, time to go. Um, And it was time for me to move across the state, (laughs) which was both exciting and nerve-wracking. It was an adjustment for sure, moving away from my family for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which for me at the time felt like a very late bloomer type of thing because I was 24 then. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I was 24. Um, and I was like, you know, I still live at home with my parents, which I know is a lot normal for millennials and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but a lot of my friends and people I was connected with had like went away for college already and like had lived in all their own places, um, outside of their parents' home. So I felt like very like late in that like aspect. So I was one excited to finally start this new phase of life as like an independent person, Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, reasonably scared and nervous, like, to be three hours away from home. Definitely. And if, like, this goes wrong, like, mom and dad aren't there immediately to help me with that. Mm-hmm. And then, two, um, I'm a very extroverted person, and um, I enjoy, like, a lot of social contact. So moving away from home and family and, like, friends in one side of the state, to another side of the state where like I knew like one or two people Mm -hmm. um was a big adjustment too um because I was leaving those social supports that I had yeah um so that's kind of like the decision process I had and like a little bit of the overview of um how that adjustment played out for sure for sure and I think it's interesting because I think um, now, I mean, as a newer college advisor as well, so I think in that experience, it's interesting to think about, like, I know after college, I moved home for a year and, and lived at home and, and served my first year with Advise Michigan. Um, so kind of for the same reason, flipped. I was doing that so, like, instead of paying rent, I could pay on my student loans. And so right, yeah. um, I do think, yeah, I think what you said about the thing with millennials is it's becoming a lot more common for people to... Uh, go home for, I think a lot of it too, in the back of things is, is definitely financial reasons. So, um, you know, and I think for students who feel maybe like, um, I need, I need to go away for undergrad. Um, but like, feel like maybe financially it's not their best move. Like if, if the school you can go to and stay at home is a good school and it's going to give you the education and the experiences you're looking for, if the only thing pushing you or keeping you from wanting to go to that school is the fact that like you might live at home, like there's nothing wrong with that. And it's, it can be a really important and smart financial move. Um, yeah, um, I would second that for sure. Like again, you know, being 18 year old Stephanie, mm -hmm. that decision was difficult and uh, honestly a bit upsetting that I wouldn't be moving away and Mm -hmm. moving in the dorms and making new friends and, living that life but 26 year old Stephanie is now very thankful for that move yeah because again I don't have student loans and um now I am living on my own just you know a few years later Mm -hmm. and I'm able to afford my rent and my car payment and my graduate school tuition Mm -hmm. because I saved all that money by staying at home yeah definitely definitely so in the end I feel like that decision was good for me. It paid off. Um, yeah, definitely paid off in the long run. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so as you were applying, was there anything that kind of surprised you about the application process to, to grad school, I should say? Yeah. So the first thing I was surprised by was for my program specifically, 
I did not have to take the GRE, uh-huh. um, which, again, I, I named two reasons why I picked Western. <laughs> not taking the GRE was another big reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have to go through that test, and I thought that would be pretty standard. But it turns out that a lot of programs, like school by school and then like program by program, set their own program requirements yep. for graduate schools and graduate programs, um, which I think is a little bit different than undergrad programs where you're just kind of applying to the university in general. Um, but within each college, like the, the specific school that your program falls under can set its own different requirements. Mm-hmm. And so there are programs at Western that do require the GRE, but mm-hmm. my program didn't. Um, so that was a surprise and a blessing. <laughs> um, and other than that, um, I was, I guess, also a bit surprised at, like, how much, like, more work it took to apply to the programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know over the last few years, um, undergraduate applications have become, like, really standardized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the do away of paper applications, you can just go online and, answer some questions and send your transcripts and you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Um, For graduate school, it required, you know, that application online, send the transcripts and whatnot. But then it also required like a, like a formal, like larger essay, I would say than what Mm -hmm. I see with undergrad applications. Mm -hmm. Um, With like undergrad applications, I would describe like people more writing like one or two paragraphs that mm-hmm. like describe themselves for grad school. I had, I think I wrote like a one to two page paper about why I wanted to come to Western specifically, <laughs> like my career aspirations and like what I would bring to the university and like my strengths and like weaknesses yeah. were like the big topics that I saw in a lot of applications. Yeah. So you had that. And then a lot of times they also wanted like letters of recommendation mm-hmm. or like even your resume to go along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just took a lot of more documentation <laughs> to turn in and apply for a grad school. Definitely. And I know like for undergrad, um, kind of like the way that you say that, like you're accepting that you're going to go to the university is to like, pay the housing application fee and, you know, like go through that process and sign up for orientation. I remember like Uh there was a certain date that I had to send back. Like, uh, I didn't have to write a letter of intent. It was like something, but like I had to respond if I was or was not going to be attending that institution. And, um, I luckily had to, I mean, it it would just, is polite to respond either way, but I had taken, um, a class with someone who's later my professor and advisor, Dr. Lewis. And um, my senior year was like a hybrid class of undergrad and grad. And so I was kind of asking her along the way, like, Hey, Dr. Lewis is, is there like, you know, how does this work? And, you know, she kind of made it known like this is, you know, higher ed's a really small field. Like it's a, it's a small world kind of a thing. If, you know, you don't send that back and someone doesn't take kindly to that, like, that can impact you professionally. And, like, that was such a different, like, standard and level that mm-hmm. I know, like, I was used to. And it kind of, that was, like, one of the things that shocked me was, like, every move now counts, like, very much so. Yeah. Um, someone described it to me, like, when I was talking to, like, some of, like, my peers who had already graduated and gone through grad school. said it's more like, um, grad school is, like, more like your job. Yeah. Um, like the time commitment is a lot different than undergrad. 
Um, and, um, she felt like, you know, the work, like going to class, doing her homework, um, like the professional events and like, uh, seminars and stuff you go to was more like job requirements than going to school. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And yeah, so I, sorry, I had that too, where when I was like, all right, Western is the one that I'm going to, I had to, I think I signed like a form that was like, kind of like a form letter that said, yes, I'm intending to come, blah, blah, blah. And here's my signature. And then yeah. I sent that back to Western. Yep. And it felt weird. Cause like, obviously you, you didn't have to do like housing fees or anything or like sign up no. for, for like an orientation, which was like a little bit different, but yeah, it was definitely sort of like, it was just all of a sudden switched from like rah, rah college to like, this is your job. This is your life. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> wasn't totally. ready. You know, is is there anything, you know, kind of talking about the application stuff, like there were some surprises in that and how all of a sudden, like, it just got so serious kind of so fast. Like, is there anything that you wished that you'd known uh, before starting the program? Yeah, um, I wish that I knew that the workload was different. Uh. Um, and that's like kind of like, well, duh, Stephanie, it's like a higher level degree. But for some reason... Um, I came in assuming that it would be pretty similar to grad school, um, and I, or sorry, it would be pretty similar to undergrad, like right. the workload, right. um, and that was wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> in undergrad, um, my, and I know this is not the same for everyone's undergrad program, but like my degrees in psychology. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, in undergrad, I didn't really learn how to do a job per se. I learned more of science. Yeah. And so all of my classes for my major were majority like lecture style mm-hmm. where, you know, very traditionally you come in, it's a lecture hall, you sit down, you like hear the lecture, you like take your notes and then you have maybe a paper to write throughout the entire semester and like four exams and like that's your grade. Um, and so what worked best for me, um, was, um, bad student, but I honestly didn't read as much as was assigned to me in undergrad. Um, because I figured, well, my professor, goes over these slides that are based off of the chapter in class. And if I just go to every class then I'm getting the material I need to pass the exams. But now if I had like missed class for whatever reason, I knew I had to read that chapter because I wouldn't be caught up. So I found that worked best for me. And, you know, I'm an audible slash, um, visual learner. So like lecture and PowerPoints work best for me Mm -hmm. than like reading, um, without pictures or summaries or like yeah. a colorful slide background. Yeah. Um, so that was like my undergrad experience, um, going to lecture, which like all I had to do there was pay attention and take notes, um, taking exams and writing the occasional paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I come to grad school and I would describe it a lot more like seminar based where my professors assigned reading for chapters like normal. And I was like, okay, that's the same. Don't got to read that as much as long as I pay attention to their lecture. But then I'd go to class and like, they wouldn't necessarily lecture. It was more of like a discussion. Yeah. It's like discussion and like review of additional concepts. 
Yep. But the tests we take are all based on reading strictly. Mm-hmm. But like no one's like really going over the reading or like discussing the reading. A lot of independent um, just, learning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like read on your own, take this quiz on your own, and then come to class prepared to like discuss this topic or to work on this group assignment um, and other things. So class time, the way class time is utilized in grad school, at least for my program, is a lot different than what I expected. Yeah. Um, I struggled for like the entire first semester, one, just keeping up with the readings, mm-hmm. two, keeping up with the assignments. And three, like, understanding or, like, figuring out how to learn from my professors Mm -hmm. because they weren't teaching in a way that I was used to or, Mm -hmm. like, comfortable with. Yeah. Um, So that was, you know, it took an entire semester to do that. Um, First semester, bumpy road. Second semester was, like, 90% better. Um, I felt like a functional grad student. Good, good. Um, I felt like I was getting used to living in Kalamazoo, like, as a city and, like, you know, figuring out how to get to the grocery store yeah. and um, one, which where ever, things, one of yeah. many grocery stores. <laughs> yeah, where to, uh, where to get gas, even, and, like, where I can get carry out and stuff. So, yeah. um First semester in grad school, it was, like, a rough adjustment to, like, the education and, like, living in a new place, but by the time the second semester came around, I feel like I was getting a lot more used to it, and um, I understand a lot better the pace and how, what, like, what's expected and, like, how grad school functions. Mm -hmm. So now when I look at my syllabus and I see, like, this paper, like, this type of assignment, I understand better, like, how how it's expected that that would be done. Definitely, I yeah. I, I remember that was the same kind of thing. I mean, most of my classes coming from, like, anthropology ended up being pretty similar where it was, like, you got to do a lot of the reading. We discussed that in class, and then you have, like, papers. And sometimes we had exams, but, like, already I think by the end of my undergrad, I was moving away from exams and more into, like, writing fact-based like reflection papers and stuff um Mm -hmm. or you know literature reviews things like that that were more similar to what I ended up doing in grad school but I remember coming into grad school and being like really intimidated by like a um like a five to six page paper and then um yeah, by the end of it, I was like, cool, eight to ten pages, like, that's the norm. Right, yeah. And my big one was, like, 24 pages or something like that. And, like, yeah, that didn't even feel – I just – I by that point, I'd learned how to space it out. And, like, it was an adjustment that first semester for sure. But once you, like, figured out how to, like, schedule your time, it was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, I got this. I can second that for sure. Like, I remember, like – my first papers in grad school they're like all right like the minimum pages I get assigned is like 15 pages yeah and I was like what that would be like the top paper in undergrad yeah um and now it's kind of like second nature almost so adjustment there and and two speaking of writing um that was another unknown thing to me I always have thought of myself as a good writer Mm -hmm. I never um felt like that was my struggle in undergrad or in school in general. Um, so I know like I'm a strong writer, but 
the amount of writing that I had to do, well, have to do in grad school is different than what I expected as well. Yeah. Um, like the majority of my assignments are papers. And if it's not a paper, it's some type of shorter pe- paper or essay. Um, or presentation. So there's, yeah. There's yeah. a lot more writing than I expected. And I think probably another theme that's also common in grad programs is like they're a lot more research-based, yep. which, again, is another thing I was used to coming from psychology um, a psychology background. Most mm-hmm. undergrad psychology programs are like really research based mm-hmm. because it's a science and what else do you do with a science? Right. Um, so it was something that I was used to and knew how to do coming into grad school. Like I knew how to write a research paper. I knew how to cite sources in APA and I knew like how to use the library system to like look for proper sources and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Like research is like my least favorite thing. Ah. Um, and so I can do it and I can do it well enough to pass the class, but it really grinds my gears. So, um, getting used to the amount of research papers and the amount of sources and articles that I'm constantly reading for grad school. Another thing I wasn't expecting, Mm -hmm. um, and had to, learn to accept I guess (laughs) definitely and and I I think too you said that it made me think of like sometimes it's okay just to like do what's going to help you like exceed expectations or meet expectations to like a certain point you're going to laugh really hard I made a rule for myself in in grad school where I had to um use as many sources uh as pages for my paper (laughs) so when I had that 24 page paper I think I had about 26 uh sources that I used for that and yeah I mean I mean it was good they were like wow this is a really well researched paper but by the you know end trying to find those last like six sources I was like oh gosh um you know and and (laughs) so like I probably only needed like 10 (laughs) and it would have been fine so I think don't put more pressure on yourself than is necessary because it's already an adjustment and stressful and mm-hmm. yeah I would agree awesome well thank you so much for sharing it's been really good to chit chat with you I truly appreciate it yeah thank you for having me on awesome and for everyone else thank you so much it is always a pleasure to chat with you here on Get ready. Talk.